You're listening to a BGE podcast. Welcome back to another Monday episode of the Blind Grilling Experience. We're going to be talking about fishing, injecting of brisket, and a few other little things we got going on. Stay tuned. All right, folks. Oh, man. I tell you what, we had just an amazing day this past week. I had the opportunity to go crappie fishing, and it was up on Truman Lake, which is about halfway between Springfield, Missouri, and Kansas City. And we were up on the Otter Creek arm of Truman Lake. And it it was a day, you know, down here in spring, it was a little cooler up on the lake as, you know, usually it is, but it was a 70 degree day. All right. I mean, it was sunny, but the wind was really howling. I mean, it, it was extremely windy, but we tore them up. We caught our limits of crappie. It was just awesome. And uh, I'm hoping to actually do a video pretty soon, uh, smoking some crappie on the pellet smoker. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that, that, um, my wife actually had some smoked crappie over at the grilling store, uh, a few, several weeks back and, and she came home just raving about it, loved it. And so, so we're going to give it a try, but, uh, it was actually Nick, uh, the owner of the grilling store that took me fishing up on Truman Lake, and uh, and he it's really cool because he he has this live scope system that it is you know if most people are familiar with sonar you know you've got your different imaging you've got you know things that uh, your fish finders right that kind of give you little <clears throat> blips on a screen to tell you oh the other fish down there but this is this is all next level stuff I, I mean it, it is just unbelievable the detail and what feedback he gets through this live scope system by Garmin that he's using. And so he, he's got this two-seat arrangement up on the front of his boat so we can sit next to each other. He's watching the live scope. And we actually fished one at a time. And just to show you how we did this, I mean, in four hours, we caught both of our limits at fishing one at a time. Um and so when you drop your lure down in front of the boat, and, and this was different for me. I'm used to jigging. That's that's one thing when you go out fishing, you know, drop a jig down and and uh, find a pile, you know, where there's some crappie up on some brush or a tree or something, a stump. This is, this is all different. I'm using a 12-foot rod way out in front of the boat, and the live scope system – he can see the fish, and a lot of times he can tell what kind of fish it is. 
he can see that it, it's it's a crappie. Not only can he see that it's a crappie, but what he can also see is the jig as you drop the jig down into the water. And he's telling me to, you know, move the pole to the right, move the pole to the left. You know, let's go a little bit deeper or bring it up a little bit more shallow. And he's using the trailer motor to guide the boat. And we put that lure right in front of the fish. And sometimes they leave some, you know, they're not, they, they swim away, they get spooked or whatever, but other times so they'll come and they'll use kind of, I don't know, I want to say sniff it. It's almost like what they're doing. They're checking it out and he's telling me he's watching this. And then he's going to tell, he tells me, all right, they're, oh, they're getting ready to take it. And then I'll feel a hit on the pole. And, and, you know, I set the hook and bring the fish to the boat. It's almost like playing a video game. And he's given me the feedback, telling me, you know, which way to go. He's watching the lure. He's guiding me, telling me where to put the lure. He can see several fish on a stump, and he'll pick out one of those fish that we're going to go after, and we'll drop the lure down and go after that particular fish. It's <laughs> I, I was just kind of blown away. And, and like I said, in four hours of fishing, we caught both of our limits, uh, on crappie and he, you know, he, he got me my limit and then I handed the pole over to him and he got his limit and, and we came home and cleaned a bunch of fish and, uh, you know, I, my wife and I then worked on, uh, just a little bit more, uh, you know, cleaning them up <clears throat> and trimming them and then, uh, you know, the fillets and then throwing them in a vacuum sealer and sealing them up and put some in the freezer and got some, we're going to be throwing on the smoker here pretty soon, but it was a lot of fun. I, I was really surprised. At, I, I really didn't think I was going to like it. Um, I, I just didn't know. I, I didn't know how this was going to work. But, man, he 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 was so good at directing me uh, to where that lure was because he could see it. He could see the fish. He could see the lure. And so it, it just worked out really well and, and was a whole lot of fun. So... Uh, so that that was awesome. That that happened last week, and and just ah, you know can't wait can't wait to do it again. It was great. So, uh, but I tell you what, I, I do want to talk about brisket. I've got a brisket cook coming up the, later this week, in fact. But I had brisket a different way, and that's something that I want to talk about. Before we do, though, let's uh, catch a quick word from our sponsor. KickAshBasket.com. KickAsh Basket has all your grilling needs. Whether you want charcoal management, you want easy clean out, you want some insulated gloves. To get your grilling game to the next level, KickAsh Basket has the things that will help you to do that very thing with their charcoal management baskets, helping with the airflow, their cans, helping with the cleanup, their gloves with. Uh, insulation, or just with some charcoal gloves to help keep you from getting so dirty. And they've even got some great starters and all kinds of accessories for all kinds of grills, whether it's a Weber or whether it's a Camadou, whether you've got the PK360, whatever kind of grill you've got when it comes to charcoal management, they have what you need. Check them out at kickashbasket.com. All right, folks. Let's talk about brisket here for just a couple of minutes, because most of you know, and you know, I'm going to be doing a brisket this week, and, and I'm going back to my old method. 
which is, you know, setting the egg at 275 degrees. I'm going to, you know, let it, I usually get a brisket, a whole packer in the cryovac, leave it in the cryovac, throw it in the fridge for at least three weeks and let it kind of wet age. Sometimes you get places that have some really nice briskets, but they've been frozen. And in those instances, don't necessarily let them go three weeks, but I'll let them thaw and set in the fridge for at least a week. And the day before uh, or or the morning of, really, uh, we'll trim the brisket. And, you know, we, you know, my wife usually is there. She likes, we, we like working together. So a lot of times, you know, I'll say we, and it's usually just me and her, but we will trim the fat off of the brisket and, and not cutting it completely off. All that really hard fat that doesn't render down, we will trim off, which I can usually feel and, and get a good handle on what is that which will render and what won't. And then with the fat cap, just trying to get it trimmed down to where it's about a quarter inch thick on the on the fat side of the brisket. And, and sometimes that deckle in between the flat and the point sometimes has some different parts in there that you want to cut out some real hard fat that won't render very well. And so we'll, we'll trim that out a little bit as well. And then I'll season it up with either Lane's barbecues, brisket rub, or a good, just salt, coarse salt, fresh ground pepper, and, you know, 50, 50 mix and, and go from there. But this past week, there was somebody who, who just, they raved about injecting briskets. And a lot of folks do this. And they, they inject briskets, especially when it comes to competitions, when you're doing a KCBS or something like that. Folks will inject their briskets. I, I, I thought, okay, you know, let, let's cook one of these injected briskets. And everything else was pretty much the same. You know, the cooking tent was 275, put it on the grill. I go four hours, and usually that gets me in the middle of or just past the stall. And then I wrap and put a probe in it, and I bring the meat internal temperature of the meat up to about 205 degrees, give or take a few. Then I start probing it to see if it's probe tender. If it's not, I let it go a little longer, and then I check it again until everything is probe tender running that probe through that meat with no resistance. And when that happens, I pull it off, throw it in a Cambro or a cooler and let it rest for an hour or two or more if I have the time. So I did that. But it, again, this brisket <coughs> was injected. And I'll be honest with you, I just, I didn't care for it that much at all. And some will probably say, well, it may have been the injection. You know, I, I don't know. I I think brisket has an awesome flavor, that beefiness, that beef flavor in and of itself. And there, you talk to a lot of guys that do these competitions. You know, they what they do for themselves and what they do for competitions are usually completely different. And while there are some folks that like to inject briskets, and I think if you're going to do a stick burner, cooking at 200 to 225. Maybe you would have different results because you're cooking for, you know, 18 hours instead of just seven hours. But for what I do, the way I cook, I do not recommend injecting a brisket. 
Have I had briskets that have been injected that tasted pretty good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't my favorite. I don't think I've ever had one that I said, yes, that's, you know, that's been my favorite brisket of all time. But, you know, I've had some that have been okay and have been decent. Uh, but again, I, those have been on stick burners that have been cooking for, you know, 18 hours or more at a really super low temp. And, and I think they do that just to keep moisture in it. But with the method that I do, you know, it's not necessary for moisture content at all. It, you know, and so that's, that's just something that I, I had, I tried it and I, I, I probably won't ever do it again, at least not the way that I'm cooking on the big green egg at 275 degrees. I, I just don't think injection is necessary. And I, I don't want to, uh, I, I like the crust from the salt and pepper or some, you know, other type of rub that you get on the outside and it may penetrate the meat a little bit, but I, I like the flavor of the meat itself. I like to let it shine and, and, and just kind of come out and enhance it. I, I don't want to put a flavor deep into that and, and just, I, I don't know. I just didn't like the injection and, uh, but that's the, you know what, that's the great thing about barbecue. Maybe you like it. Maybe you have a flavor that you love uh, to inject your brisket with. More power to you, do it, man. If that's what you like and you're feeding folks and they like it, you know, and that's what you want to do, then that's what you should do. You know, that's the, that's, that's the best thing about barbecue. I, I personally just, I, I'm not going to inject, uh, not briskets, not the way I do them, so... Uh, but again, like I said, I've got this uh, brisket cook that I'm going to be doing this week, and and really, it's it's one of those things. Granted, we've got some company coming, which I'm excited about. Going to be visiting from Central Tennessee, uh, Middle Tennessee, kind of come up and and visit with us. Going to eat with us, go to church with us, and and so I'm excited about that. Going to feed them some brisket, but I, I uh, I'm. Uh, after having that brisket that had been injected, I was like, I, I told my wife, I was like, we got to cook brisket again very soon because I, I got to get this right. <laughs> this was not good. Uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't edible. I just, I just didn't like the flavor. I just didn't like uh, how it tasted. So, uh, so yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to be cooking a brisket this week and looking forward to, uh, to doing that. Of course, uh, we'll we'll have all the fixings. We're gonna do some baked beans and probably some coleslaw with the uh, sort of white sauce uh, as our coleslaw sauce instead of the normal you know slaw sauce that uh, that people use. We like to use the uh, Alabama white sauce or Lane's sort of white sauce. And for our coleslaw, it's just amazing. Uh, I love the flavor that it 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 puts to it. Just adds a little something different, different flair to it. So that's what we like to do. That's what we're going to be doing this week, and uh, you know, firing up the egg. It, it's it, it got it got cold again, right? We've had rain. We've had below freezing temperatures. You know, after seventy degrees, out on the lake fishing, catching our limited crappie, and then we come back and it's like you know, highs in the forties, lows in the twenties, rain, freezing rain, and. Uh, you know, later in the week, it's supposed to get back up into the 60s. And that's, <laughs> I am definitely getting back out and firing up the grill. Looking so forward to that. We do have some other things that are going on, though. We actually did a, well, <laughs> I did several videos, but they're gone. They, um, yeah, made a little mistake, lost them. They're gone. 
but uh, I've I've recorded a few other videos that we're going to be posting up on the YouTube channel. If you go to youtube.com slash blind grilling or just search blind grilling on YouTube, you should find us with no problem. Folks, we are so close to 2,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, man, I, I would really appreciate it. I think we are at 1,970 and so, you know, we just, we need like 30 subscribers to get to 2000. And, and so I'm going to be posting some more videos. I'm going to do a video on lighting the grill and, and what I do to get that done when it comes to charcoal. We're going to do some videos on just some uh, grills that are out there that, you know, folks, spring's coming. People are getting excited and maybe thinking about a pellet grill or, you know, some other type of charcoal grill. And, and they're wondering what all is out there. I, we're going to, we're going to go exploring and look at some of the things that are out there for you and uh, give you some things to think about, some ideas and, and maybe some things to look for, things to stay away from. So we're going to go and see what kind of grills are out there. I, I did this once, <laughs> but all the videos are gone. But, you know, it is what it is. It, it's, you know, after I did it, I, I got to thinking and uh, I... I had some things that I would like to change, and so now I just have that opportunity to change it and, and actually do, you know, now that I've kind of run through a test run, now I know exactly what I'm looking for, what I want to do. Uh, so we're going to do that. We're going to do some uh, some some videos out there on some grills that are available, some accessories that are available, some pizza ovens that are available. I mean, you know, hey, who doesn't want a pizza oven on their back deck or patio? I mean, that's <laughs> wahoo, you know, pizza night. And, uh, you know, invite all your friends over, let them do their own little toppings, throw the pizza in there and cook. Man, it's going to be it, it. I think folks are going to be eating good this summer and uh, we're going to do our best to kind of help you along with that process and help you make some good informed decisions when it comes to grills and accessories and things like that. So hopefully you guys will check out the YouTube channel, Blind Grilling, and be sure and hit that subscribe button as well. Help us get to 2,000 over there at Blind Grilling's YouTube channel. Of course, you can always find us on Instagram and on Facebook and all that also. And so uh, that, that's what we've got going on. I'm going to do some tech things as well because I get a lot of questions about some of the technology that we use. You know, on the YouTube channel, I talked about the... Mantis Q40 Braille display uh, that we opened up. I've used it for about two weeks now, and I'm I like it. I, I'm I'm liking it. I, I wish it had speech. I know there's a Mantis and there's a Chameleon. The Chameleon is not a QWERTY keyboard, but they put speech on it. And I would love if they would put speech on the Mantis Q40. And if they did, it would become more and more like the Braille Note Apex that I was using. And um, it, it would just be helpful to me when it comes to editing, when it comes to you know checking my work and, and some of the files and documents that I'm creating. So I, I would love that. But I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to it. And I'm going to do a review because not only the editor that I was interested in more than anything else – but connecting it to three different devices and using it not only as a keyboard but uh, as a controller for the screen reader on those devices, whether it's a, a Mac computer, an iPhone, an iPad, 
I don't have a screen reader on a Windows machine, so I don't think I'll be able to do that, but we'll see. We'll see what happens and, uh, um, you know, do some videos, but we'll include it on the podcast as well, I think, and talk about it. You know, we did the unboxing of the Mantis Q40 and, uh, you know, just a follow-up to that, um, there, there's some things I got to get used to because when you start up, uh, for example, the Braille note, you turn it on, it's on, right? It, it just, boom, main menu. It, it's good to go. You're ready to go. But with the, with the Mantis, you turn it on and you get this little zzz, zzz vibration and it, it, you know, on the Braille, it, it's, you know, starting and it it takes you know a long time i mean i would say 30 seconds or more uh to start maybe not quite it, it's at least 20 seconds or better to get this thing started and that that's a little different that's that's different for me because uh, I'm used to turning on and going, but this one, you know, you turn it on and then you got to wait for it to run through this little boot up process. And then when you shut down, it's kind of the same thing. You, you, you shut down, then you got to confirm. Okay. And then it goes through this shutdown process and, and then it's done. It's, it's not just a matter of flipping the switch, like on the apex where you flip the switch and it's off or turn, you know, flip the switch and it's on. Yeah. This one runs through a boot up and a, and a shutdown process. So, uh, that that's a little bit of getting used to, uh, you know, accounting for that time. But uh, other than that, I, I've liked it. I, I've really liked it. I, I like the size of the keyboard, a regular size keyboard. It, you know, you got to get used to that if you're used to typing on something like the Apex because it's such a smaller keyboard. But I do a lot on a Mac and Mac keyboard. And so, you know, uh, the MacBook and that keyboard. So that has helped me be kind of be used to the size of that keyboard of the Mantis. Cause that's the size of keyboard that it is. So I, I've liked it. I've, I've enjoyed it and look forward to doing a follow-up video uh, for you guys on that. And then talking about it here on the podcast as well, because I want to talk about some technology. I want to talk about some of the microphones that we use in our videos. I want to talk about cameras that uh, I, you know, I've, I've switched around some of the cameras that I've been using, whether there's been issues or for whatever reason, I've done some switching on cameras, on microphones, when it comes to some of the video things that we've, uh, that we're recording. And I want to talk about why, because it comes down in many ways to accessibility and, uh, and things just not working or things working well. And so I'm going to talk about that on, on both the podcast and the videos. So, uh, if you want to follow that, they'll probably come out on the videos first. And so Blind Grilling on YouTube, again, help us get to that 2,000 subscriber uh, milestone. We would appreciate that so very much. Uh, and uh, got some woodworking projects that we're going to work on. Uh, we've got one that we're finishing up uh, as a gift for some folks having a baby. And so we're going to be talking about that little project that we've done coming up on Friday's episode, so stay tuned for that as well. Folks, thanks again so much for all the feedback. The emails, blindgrilling at gmail.com. And of course, we just love hearing from you guys. And remember, if you're looking, 
you and cookie.